So, um, hey everybody, we usually do a little bit of banter before, but I think I'm just going to jump right in because it's just Mark and I, and we just did all of our banter offline. So, well, sort of online. I mean, kind of online. We do online. everything online, it was all technically, online. but we didn't record any of it. <laughs> Um, but yes, yeah, so welcome everybody to another episode of Dance Robot Dance. I will be your host tonight, Christy, and I have been absent for so long, so I'm so glad to be back. And I am joined tonight with Mr. Mark. Say hello, Mark. How's it going, guys? And uh, yeah, so sorry I've been gone for so long. Why don't you tell them what you were doing? Because we've kind of mentioned what you were up to, but we don't have specific details. <laughs> well, I was in the Fringe Festival in Hamilton, uh, telling people too much about where I live. And um, Hamilton's I, a big place, Christy. It is a big place. It's a big place. But um, I mean, they know I live in Milton, and like, there's 14 people that live in this town. True. They also know Tim lives in Atlanta. Yeah, but, but Atlanta's um, like 3 million people, I think, now. True. But um, yeah, so I was part of the Hamilton Fringe Festival for the past uh, two weeks, and we were doing, my troupe and I were doing improv comedy, um, and we did a show called Swipe Right for Love, which was all about the online blunder, the blunders of online dating, and um, it just, it went over really, really well. We had awesome audiences, and it it was a really good time. My brain is a little mushy, just because I had to be creative for 11 days, like, constantly and fast and it i'm just so uh uh brain okay you're creative for a living technically i know but you know the difference is that i can sit and look at something and like be struck and there's like eight different projects i can work on right when you're doing improv oh and i can go from graphic to photo to video like pretty frequently Uh but when you're doing improv you have to be funny immediately oh You have to be funny. Oh, wait. You guys are trying to be funny? Oh, aren't you hilarious? You you could be an improviser with that kind of dickish humor. (laughs) No, no. I've never never been into the comedy thing. So What? You've never been into the comedy thing? Well, like doing improv anyway. No, I I don't see that being your... uh... I'm probably closer to stand-up sense of humor than... uh, Yeah. And that terrifies me, so no. I feel like that's totally up your alley. You'd be, you'd enjoy stand-up comedian or being a stand-up comedian because it's uh, self-deprecating. Yeah, it's true. I do like to tear myself down an awful lot. <laughs> but yes, um, I would feign my surprise if it wasn't so blatantly obvious to all of everyone who knows you and our listeners. <laughs> but um, no, so it was really fun though. Um, we did have this one thing where they thought our capacity was 33 and it was 60. So they were turning people away for our first three shows because they thought we were sold out. And it was just like, we kept being like, oh, why aren't we filling up? We thought we had more people than this. I feel like you told this story. Maybe you just told it to us. You told it to me, I think, while we were um, out that one day. So Yes. Did you tell them about our trip to with Michael Taylor to Google? Well, we talked about it last week. And then I cut it for length because the episode got really long. Um, and then I, I also thought that like it would be fun for you and I to talk about when we were on an episode together again. So, yeah, well, we went to Google headquarters in well, Canada. <laughs> Google Canada headquarters, but Google Canada. But it was so cool. Oh my god! Yeah, it was super awesome. Oh man, it's like I love my job, but part of me was just like, oh, I'm living like a garbage person. Yeah, I fucking hate my job, and that did not make it any better. So there was definitely <laughs> some, like, 
I was really jealous for a little while. I was like, please have a marketing department. I, you can use me any way you want. I don't care. Just hire me so that I can work in your beautiful office. Oh my God. It was so stunning. Like just, and it was totally tailored for geek culture. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was, um, I guess, I don't know how to explain it to the audience. So like Google has a, uh, a headquarters in Kitchener, Ontario and Christy and I both I'm currently contracted to another company that is in Kitchener, and Christy works for one of the 14,000 universities that are in Kitchener. Damn straight. In Kitchener, Kitchener, Waterloo area. And one of our lovely listeners, uh, Michael Taylor, who we got to shout out and say thank you to. Yeah, thank times, you. It was so fun. Um, invited us to go on a tour of uh, his office, which just happened to be the fucking Google office. Um, and it was the fucking coolest building I've almost ever been in. Oh, so. my God. Like, the fact that they, okay, I know that this is, like, the least cool thing, but the fact that they had, they have catered lunches every day, like, breakfast and lunch, and they gave us lamb shank, like, Yeah, as, as guests, too. Shank. Like, we just walked up, like, nobody knew who we were, and we still got fucking free lamb. It was pretty yeah. cool. It was delicious. Actually, I don't, I, don't, I don't see how that's the least cool thing. That's fucking amazing. Okay, I just wanted to not be, like, food was the best part of Google. You know oh, what I no, mean? okay, fair enough. <laughs> I don't know, that, that fucking, like... I, I'm not usually like a lunch person, and I was like, I would eat lunch if I worked in a place like this where they were feeding me good food. Because it's like the only time you have to eat. It's oh amazing. And that rule about being 250 steps within reach of a snack. Yeah. Like that's my. I'm. I would just. I don't even. I don't even know. Like I was. Ugh. I would balloon back above 300 pounds if I worked at a place like that. Probably. No, because it's healthy snacks, and like it encourages you to have a healthier lifestyle. Lifestyle, because then you weren't binging. He showed us where the hidden good stuff was. Yeah, the though. hidden good stuff. I almost grabbed some of it, but I thought that would be wrong. Mm. I just like really wanted it. <laughs> yeah. All of the snacks. Yeah. Shove them in a purse and just run. I don't know, but it was like the coolest office ever. So oh, like, if, if some like random startup wants to like hire me and has a cool office like Google has, um, that would be fucking amazing. <laughs> I just like, what I couldn't get over was just the culture of it. Like the fact they had masseuses that come in and a gym and a rock wall that just to promote healthy living and they have their Fridays are just like hangout days pretty much. Like you work a half day and then you just play board games to get to know everybody in the company and the sleeping pods. Yeah. The, the sleeping jam- pods are cool. The jam room was like, that was amazing to me. I was like, I could just go play drums in the middle of the day because I fucking feel like it. And I need to like work off some nervous energy or something like that. Like that's amazing yeah. to me. But Mike did say that the trade-off is that in order to work at Google, you have to be a neurotic overachiever who will be there, you know, hundreds of overtime hours a year. Which is like me at kind of. Yeah. So I would I could I would fit in there as a designer probably. So Probably, yeah. I mean like I'd love the culture of it, but yeah. I don't know the pressure of Google would be so intense. Hmm. But like in in a good way. It would like push you to you know. Exactly. That's what working on big brands does, Christy. Not to not to get onto me harping never, on your design never, skill. I know. I know. Mark is supposed to be um well, not supposed to be. Not supposed to. I renege. Um, Back up on that because I have been. I know. You're just I know, never I know, around. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Listeners, I'm sorry. You have to hear us fight. But um, Mark uh, has said he um, will be my uh, designing master. Like he'll, I'll be his protege, and he's going to teach me how to be better. Because I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm an okay graphic designer. I'll give I'm you a, okay. <laughs> I'm a better photographer. Okay, I'll give you. I'll give you an okay graphic designer. <laughs> That's so mean. 
No, you're a pretty good photographer too. So I I'm decent. Gra- I'm a decent graphic designer. Like to the idea that I never went to school directly for it. No, which is irksome to me that you could get a job doing that full time. But that's fine. That's that's fine. We can teach you, Christy. We can bring you up to the level that you need mm-hmm, to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We can teach you things. We can. But Christy's really busy, so it's hard to like. Whoa, hey, whoa, uh, you know what I did? I'm really proud of myself. Um, I did not audition for any shows this um, fall. <gasps> I know. What are you going to do? You're just going to have like improv and podcasts to do, Chris. I know, I know. Um, and writing a play with a friend. Oh, yeah, but writing, that's whatever. <laughs> but no, I actually turned down going to an audition today because I was like, mm. For what? Oh, just um, this really awesome theater company in Hamilton. They're doing Richard III. Oh, you didn't want to do Shakespeare? I did want to do Shakespeare, but I knew that I needed a break. Fair enough. It's also a three-hour play. That's true, it is. Yeah. I'm trying to picture you doing Shakespeare, and it's... I've done a lot of Shakespeare. I played Hamlet once. I played... um... Like you played Hamlet? Yep. Myself and uh, five others all took the role and played different aspects of his personality within the show. So, yeah, and then um, I played Mariah in Twelfth Night, and I did a couple other shows. I can't remember right now. So I'm just, I just, I just, I get, I was, I, I usually just get zany, um, goofball Christy. So like, I'm trying (laughs) to picture like quasi serious actress Christy, like doing Shakespeare. Like, I love it. Whenever when I picture people doing Shakespeare, I'm like Ian McKellen and like Patrick Stewart and shit like that. I'm not like they're magnificent, cute little goofy Christy doing Shakespeare. (laughs) Well, thanks for calling me cute. Oh, oh good. So <laughs> she takes the one thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what she clings to. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, um, what was I going to say? I, I really love doing Shakespeare, but I just know that that's a huge project undertaking. And I actually, I didn't tell you this. I got a callback for Lower Ossington Theater's production of Avenue Q for Cape Monster. Oh, cool. And I had to turn it down because they have require you to quit your job and do theater full time. Really? Yeah. They were gonna they pay, but it's not like enough. Yeah. It's just below like real professional theater. So it's like it's like almost it, it is professional, but it doesn't pay the same kind of scale as like the canon in Toronto or something okay. bigger. So I was kind of bummed about that this last week because the uh, the callback was today and I told them my hours and they were just like, Oh, we're not sure that You'd have to you'd have to leave your position in order to be part of the show, and I was just like, yeah, no. <laughs> Fair but enough. That's, yeah, that's that's sort of my news for this week. How's your week been, Mark? Pretty quiet. I'm not really doing much right now. I'm drawing a lot and doing yeah. that kind of stuff. So, I'm trying to get back into it. I want to get my book started again. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to like get my drawing back up to like snuff, which is challenging because. I feel like I work all day and then not want to like super come home and use the same part of my brain to draw. And it's like exhausting. So I know I, I can empathize. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. And cool. we've done like two episodes of the podcast without you. So <laughs> we I know, I'm you. glad to be back. I'm glad to be back. I missed you guys too. I was thinking about it last week when you guys were podcasting and I was in a show and I was like, uh, I miss it. <laughs> but yeah, this is later touch. I would assume than doing a live improv show. So, yeah, it's a lot not, not not as stressful. No. <laughs> I can sit pantsless if I want to and do the podcast. I am wearing pants, but like I could be pantsless if I wanted to. I can't confirm or deny I can't see anything below her shoulders, so I don't know if she's wearing a hoodie, that's all I know. 
Not wearing pants. I am. I am wearing pants. But they're Snoopy pants. That's fair. That's fine. Yeah. But yeah, so um, why don't we start? We're just we're going to tell you what we're talking about today in a little bit, but we're going to get right into our geeky news. Oh, no, I have to do the sting. For, for not for the news. No, not for the news. For Geek of the Week, I just realized. And yeah. Me, what am I supposed to do without Tim? I don't know. Tim did it by himself last week. Oh. Our, did Paul help him the week before? Yeah, he did. Oh, Maybe you should crazy. listen to your Maybe podcast. Maybe I should listen to the podcast. I haven't had time, Mark. You're at work. You can listen to a podcast at work instead of watching your Let's Plays. Do you really need to see another Garris romance? Yeah. How many different angles can you see him get boned by Femshep or whatever? Only one, because that's the only way that they did it. Oh, they haven't cracked that in. You don't even see them. They don't even see them bone. You just see them, like, make out on the bed, and then they go to a different cutscene because they don't want anyone to be upset by his many tentacles. Barbed tentacles, no less. Gross. Mm, Okay. Shall we... uh, Shall we, uh, yeah. yeah, when we jump into the news, let's, maybe let's do the news as opposed to talking about Garrus again, Garrus. talking about Garrus's dick. I love him anyway. Um, so <laughs> yeah, with the S, gotta put an yeah. S in there. We just have a, a couple little things for the news this week. Um, so the SNES pre orders, um, go live later this month, and uh, people are expecting that it's going to sell even faster. The um, not SNES, the classic edition. Why do you call okay? I've been hearing that a lot. When did that become a thing? The SNES. I don't understand. It's, well, it's SNES. Yeah. NES. It NES. was the NES and then it's the SNES. I don't understand. When I started getting abbreviated into a word, I feel like this is millennial horse shit and I'm not happy about it. Well, I've been hearing it on, on a lot of podcasts and I'm just like, why? Why do you guys do that? Why? Why? It sounds I don't know because it's kind of fun to say SNES. SNES? SNES? Okay. It's fun anyway. to say. Try saying it. SNES? It's no. fun to say. It feels weird. It feels weird. It also gets across what you're talking about a lot faster than saying S-N-E-S. SNES. S-N-E-S. But both are good. Both are good. Still feels weird. Still feels weird. (laughs) Well, anyway, it's the pre-orders are hitting the shelves and are hitting the shelves are uh, to go live in August. And people are expecting that it's going to sell faster and harder than the classic. Yeah, harder. I said it. But the problem is that um, I think what they're they're trying to um, control people buying it in extreme bulk because that's what happened last time with the nes right yeah and that people bought like 20 of them and then marked them up so hard yeah but um this one comes with 21 games as well and there's things like contra 3 and legend of zelda link to the past super mario world so it's got like some oh and donkey kong country final fantasy 3 you know all that stuff super metroids on there for you mark um but uh, it even has Star Fox 2. That game was never released. I heard it's garbage, so. Probably. But, like, um, it just kind of seems, I mean, it, it's a really cool idea. I think, I, I like that they're releasing these small versions for, like, maybe kids who never got to play this on their parents' classic systems kind of thing. Like, it's a cool way to reintroduce the, the um, and honor the nostalgia. But, I don't know. I mean, it's only 80 bucks, so, like, to me, that seems kind of worth it. But it's still not playing the classic game itself. I also like would rather they just put these like do the virtual console and get the Switch virtual console running, which yeah. is like it's still not a thing yet, which is kind of annoying because like I don't know, I'll, I'll I'll probably buy one just to see a little cute little NES Super NES sitting if on you my can get and, one. Well, the pre-orders at this point, like I I the pre-order thing is pretty easy to kind of manage if you're online constantly, so. 
I like that it just fits in the palm of your hand, though. It is cute. It's a wee little game. It is pretty cute, but like, I don't know. If I don't get one, I'm not going to be heartbroken, because I know all these games are going to end up on the Switch eventually anyway, and I'll be able yeah. to just buy them and play them there. It'll probably co- it'll cost me another $80. To, well, it'll probably cost me more than $80 the way Nintendo yeah. is to buy and like play those games, but there's a bunch of games on there that I'm never going to play anyway. Like I don't play RPGs, so like Final Fantasy or Secret of Mana don't do anything for me. But like yeah. I will rebuy and replay Super Metroid for the five trillionth time. So yeah, and like I'm looking at the other games that they have. Like they'll have Punch Out, Castlevania Four. Uh, Super yeah, Super Castlevania Four. Yeah, Super yeah. Castlevania Four, and like Kirby's Dream Course, um, Secret of Mana. Like you said, Earthbound. Which I don't know if I've ever played. Um, yeah, but like Secret of Mana, Earthbound, like not games I'll ever play. Yeah, so. and like Super Mario RPG. Legend yeah. of the Seven Stars. Like, that's not something that I ever played as a kid. Apparently, it's really good. Paul loves it. Mm-hmm. Like, swears by it. I think he still has an SNES card of it. Nice. So. He doesn't, my mark might. But, um. Yeah, well, there is always that, too. Yeah. And Yoshi's Island is on there. So, like, there's, like, quality games. Like, with that and Donkey Kong and all the stuff we just talked about. But, to me, I, I don't know. Like, um. Again, I love that it's, you know, these games are being recirculated and re-loved and re-cherished and that they're in HD. Like, that's cool. But... Well, HD, like, upscale yeah. just to fit well, the TV. you know, yeah, that's what I mean. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's 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 a cool idea to bring back nostalgia. I'm not saying I don't like it, but I just... It's not, it's not exactly like having the game in your hand. You know what I mean? No. No. But, but Nintendo needs to make money somehow. So if that's the way they yeah. can do it, I guess they're going to do it. But, well, I think it's a smart marketing move on their part for sure, because like it probably costs next to nothing to make. Oh yeah, probably not. It's like an SD nothing. card and like some shit, right? Yeah, some plastic to make it look old. Yeah, and like, like an HDMI out. Yeah, that's nothing. It's yeah. like you said, it's probably just an SD card, and yeah. it's the simplest function just to like. They don't even have to redesign anything. It's just like, oh, okay, well, so, like, well, you can build. Well, you can build like a Raspberry Pi for like. A hundred bucks that plays like every classic game ever and has HDMI out and hooks up to a Bluetooth controller and that's like a hundred bucks. So yeah, these have wired controllers and blah 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 blah. blah. So I'm assuming they're just going to sit right there. So, but again, I still think it's it's a brilliant marketing ploy. Yeah, but like I said, just put them on on Switch for me so that I can just play them that way. Yeah, on the go for another year. I don't think I would imagine that a year after each time they release the classic edition. Then mm. they'll put it something like that on the Switch so that they still have a market. That's true. Um, These things sell out so fast, though. I'm like, why well, bother? Because it makes it exclusive and it makes people want it. And then they go and buy the extreme markups. Well, yeah. But then the they're, not, they're not making any money. I mean, they're, make, they're making... It's, it is marketing dollars, I guess, kind of That's thing. That's what like, I'm saying, yeah. Like it's, it's thought, like thought throughput or whatever, but it's like... Like, if they really wanted to make money, they would have added an extra 20 bucks onto each system. Like, they would have made it an even 100 if they really wanted to make a ton of money. That's the thing. And I was listening to somebody talk about this this week. It's like, if you want, if they were really looking to make money, they'd either bump up the price so that it was, like, way more money. 120 bucks. Yeah. Or they'd make just a fuck ton of them so that everybody could just get one, right? Yeah. But I think that's what they're doing. That's why it's so smart, is that by making it a limited edition, it makes you superior for having it. Yeah. I guess, but it doesn't make me me feeling smug about getting one doesn't make Nintendo any more money. So I the end the end game is kind of weird. But it does make you talk about Nintendo, and it Which does potentially weird. make you go out and buy the Switch, and it does make you feel nostalgia. So you go wow, out. It's too and, fucking late for that. I already bought one of those goddamn things. I know so. you did. 
Do you guys even have one at the house? Like no. Mr. Video Game? We had one in a box in the house, but it was for a raffle. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to open it. <laughs> I was like, can so I not even play with one yet? No. Oh, you have to come. You have to come by the house and like. Yeah. Play Switch. That'd be fun. Whatever. Yeah. Um, my Mark hasn't. Uh, he doesn't want one yet because he doesn't think that there's the access to games that he wants yet. Yeah, there isn't anything out for it. I'm not even sure why I bought it, except for, like, I came up as, like, available, and I impulse bought it, so. Well, I mean, I kind of get it, though, because, like, you, you're you a Zelda. Yeah. You're a Zelda fan, and that's... But I already played good... Zelda, right? So, I played it for Wii U already. So, now, like, I'm almost at the point where I'm like, should I just buy it again and replay it? Because I kind of want to play it again, but... Well, I feel like that's you, though. That's You're a collector. That's kind of... Yeah, a little that's bit. What, that's what you do. You, you collect like specific stuff. things. Yeah, you like yeah. buying things. Um, whereas myself, I'm a little bit more particular about what I'll buy, but when it comes to games, I, I'm the same way. I'm like, oh, I'll take everything. Yeah. Like, boxes. I don't know, you see my, my growing stack of fucking masterpiece transformers behind me, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, those aren't cheap. <laughs> they're cool, but they're not cheap. I'm lucky that I met Mark because before I'd met him, I you was- You are very lucky that you met yeah. Mark. Yeah. You're talking about, yeah. <laughs> Mark too, but um, no, I'm lucky. I no, that's what I meant. Your yeah. Mark, I didn't mean me. Oh, I thought you were being funny, but well, um, you were, you were lucky twice with Marks. Then how does yeah, that sound? I was very lucky with Marks, but um, with my Mark in particular because I used to spend so much money. Like Boxing Day, my money was gone. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. just gone. Four or five hundred bucks in the blink of an eye. And you don't even play all the games you buy. You just have them because you're like, oh, I heard this was good. Yeah, my PlayStation 4 account will, would love to agree with you right now. Because I like if you name a game, I probably bought it. Have I played it is probably another fucking answer. That's the thing. Mark does that with his Steam account. And I'm like, babe, Steam's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, but it's, see, Steam's cheap. PSN's not. like I'm usually pretty good about the sale stuff, but like. It's pretty. <gasps> Like oh. I, I handed my my uh the Blu-ray copies, like my actual disc copies of Far Cry and Transformers Devastation to Eric at some point. Actually two Christmases ago when we did Christmas here. Mm-hmm. Um oh, it was before I met you, so never mind. But um he grabbed those he grabbed those two games and I've never got them back from him. So they came up on sale a couple weeks ago, both of them like ten bucks each, and I was like, fuck it. I really want to play Transformers Devastation again, so I'm just gonna buy it. So I bought it again. Fair enough. But I mean, I mean, when you lend stuff like that out, you kind of have to expect there might be an opportunity that you might have to buy it again. <laughs> like lending anything hard copy is especially with Eric. Oh well, I can't talk to that. I still have a hoodie of his that he left here, like from my from my birthday. It wasn't actually birthday. I was. No, not my birthday. You're right. He was. You were at my birthday, yeah. But it was from. Uh, no, it was. It was from. He was here to get something made for Mark's. Mark's present to me, which Mark sang a whole bunch of songs that meant a bunch, a lot to us. Okay. And Eric helped. I never got the present though because Mark was too embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> so there's recordings of Mark singing somewhere. Yeah, but he won't give them to me because he's That's like, amazing. I don't like how I sound. And I was oh like, but God. it was my birthday present, and he was like, I know, but I don't like it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, no, I thought it was cute, but I'm also frustrated because that means I didn't get a birthday present. <laughs> oh. But um. It was the heartfeltness of it. Huh. Anyway, yeah. So that's that's you know that. Um, do you have anything else to say about the uh, the SNES? No, no. 
All right. Well, the other piece of news that I have, um, and then I'll let Mark take over for a couple minutes, um, is the uh, HBO got a, was under a cyber attack, and uh, an upcoming Game of Thrones script was stolen. What episode? Uh, they didn't say. Oh, no. Um, but it was it was leaked uh, to the public, and they stole uh, about um, 1.5 terabytes of data, Oof. including future episodes of Dwayne Johnson's Lead Ballers. Oh, I love Ballers. Yeah, and the Duplass Brothers new anthology series, Room 104. Wait, so like episodes have leaked? Yeah. No, they've huh? stolen them, and they're threatening to leak. Oh. And they got this email, apparently, um, that just said HBO is falling. Huh. There's also, they've taken a lot of written material, like the next installment of Game of Thrones. And um, at this point, it hasn't been leaked. I think they caught it relatively quickly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the fact that HBO was attacked is, like, crazy. Huh. Interesting. But like this happened. This is happening more and more often. Like, remember when the Sony thing happened? Yeah, yeah, that worked out really well for me though. So why? Because the the result of those leaks um, was that the Sony, the the head of Sony, like the president of Sony, found out that the Sony Pictures people had been reached out to by Marvel and told them to fuck off. <gasps> and the president of Sony was like, "No, fuck that. Get to the goddamn table with those guys and talk." And that's why we have Spider Man Homecoming. And also cost a bunch of people their jobs. But, like, at the end of the day, I got Spider-Man Homecoming, so. <laughs> Fair enough. Eh. Like, sucks but, for those people, but if you're going to be shitty and not give me my goddamn MCU Spider-Man, then. Yeah, that's. Uh, go work that's, for Warner Brothers. They don't really make movies I care about anymore, so. Yeah, poor Warner Brothers. But, um. But, uh, no, and it's funny because, like, this isn't the first time that someone's targeted Game of Thrones specifically, too. Do you remember well, back in 2015? It's like the biggest show, like, of all time. Like, Yeah. Well, do you remember in 2015, um, they released five episodes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I watched them. Like, a piece yeah. of shit. Same thing, happened. Same thing happened with Californication. Like, that first, like, four episodes leaked at one point, like, a month before the show was supposed to premiere. And I was like, I'm still going to watch them. I don't. Yeah. I got them now. Yeah, Supergirl. That happened to Supergirl too. The pilot leaked at one point because we Same all saw with... the pilot. Yeah. Um, Same with them. Um, Orange is the new black. That's right. Yeah, I heard about that too. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's interesting that hackers are like of all the things to attack. I kind of like. I get where they're probably coming from because they want to make a big impression. Yeah. But it's such a lame thing to hack just to be yeah, like, ha yeah. HBO, suck it. <laughs> like. Oh. HBO's in the headlines all the time right now, right? So, like, that's just, like, it gets, if they, it's a hacking group that's gonna, now gonna hack me because I'm talking about them, I guess, but, you know, um, if it's a hacking group that's trying to make a name for themselves, like, HBO's in the headlines, go after the guys that are in the headlines all the time. They're in the middle of the fucking season of Game of Thrones, that's, so like, like, the biggest show on TV or something like that, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. No, it's true. It's, like, there's just, oh, so much. So, um, but yeah, so that's, that's pretty much my news. Like, I'm interested to see how they'll react to that. Cause like, I, I never know if they find the hackers and, you know, I wonder if they offer them jobs sometimes. Well, a lot of the time, like from what I understand is like, well, at least back in the day, guys would do like get hired after pulling hacks off. Yeah. To help ex- like find exploits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I only have like three fucking credits of, uh, computer science. I don't know enough about this really. Like. 
that whole oh, but that's like part of like what silicon valley is about too right like they had guys like that in silicon i need valley. to watch that i need to watch that show i just like i'm just starting uh my binge of the most recent season season four i believe um mm. it's just funny right up. oh show's fucking hilarious like okay. absolutely hysterical yeah i i want like see. you'll get right yeah but it's like it's all tech startup stuff right like it's fucking funny so it's all these awkward nerds and stuff like that like dealing with the big business that is like technology these days and it's it's pretty funny you probably know enough people that are like like the people in that show like i definitely did i was like oh god i know i've met these people before you know what i mean (laughs) front end devs and stuff like that i'm just like oh jesus yeah okay don't don't talk stop talking it's okay we don't need to have a conversation i don't care about your D &D character fair um but yeah. Um, yeah. Are you watching you you're watching Game of Thrones, I'm assuming, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I just been... watch, but we can't talk about it without Tim. Well we can at least be like, what do you think like what do you think of it so far? Are you giving it a thumbs up, thumbs down? How do you like the um, season so far? I'm really enjoying it. I think that it's leaps and bounds above season four. Um I know it's season, season six. This what is season, season six. four. Season four was just kind of a floppy season. I didn't even watch all of it, to be perfectly honest. What, who died in season four? Did Joffrey oh. die in season four? Yeah. Was that when Joffrey I think, died? I think that was season three. Mm. Let me look. It's all blurring together these days. Like, I look, see, and I'm like, I'm such like a casual Game of Thrones fan. Like, I watch it every week, but like, I'm not following it anywhere except for like on the mm. show. Like, I don't talk about it with anybody. If people ask me about it, I'm like, yeah, I watched it. Yeah, it was good. I don't have, I don't have a million theories about Game of Thrones. I know they like, like Christy so before. Before we did this episode, uh, Christy was like, you want to talk about Game of Thrones and theories about Game of Thrones? And I'm like, I love Game of Thrones. I don't have theories about Game of Thrones because it's just something I'm on the ride for at this point. So, Yeah. Plus, every time you have a theory about it, they kill the fucking character you have the theory about anyway. So how's, yeah. how's the fun in that? Um, oh, no, you were right. Uh, Joffrey uh, does die in season four. So like at the beginning, it was good. But it was also the season where Daenerys had to go like lock up her dragons and like yeah, yeah. Um, she was kind of a whiny character for a while. I don't her in um what's she his took name? over Slaver's Bay, Jorah? Yeah. No. Tyrion? Um the other lead. Uh Jon Snow. Kit Harrington. Yeah. I find both of them are kind of like they're very pretty. I'll give them that much. Like they both look good, but it's like I don't feel like they're quite as like fun to watch as some of the other actors are like there's definitely other people that i'm like i like watching like i like watching um Tyrion. why well, i can't remember his name oh peter dinklage peter dinklage or like i really like watching um cersei and jamie and like like some of the people like the oh. older more established actors like getting to play up their stuff or oh, like the old lady this week like yeah. she was fucking awesome oh my god we don't want to spoil anything yet but then we'll like about they do time. they do 20 minutes of like danny and john talking to each other and i'm just like well the thing is that and, and i'll say this one little theory and we won't we won't go into it because i'm sure that there will be a time to go into it mm-hmm. but i have a theory that john is actually a targaryen and this is a very popular theory no that they've already proven that in the show yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, beyond the fact that someone was like, oh, you know, I think John and Daenerys have a thing. And I was like, no, no, no. I got some Luke and Leia vibes this week. I know, but not really. I think that they just respect each other. But um, I think that um, we know that he's a Targaryen. I think Tyrion is a Targaryen. In the fi- think so? the- yes, I do. Okay, that's a wacky theory. 
No, no. I think that's part of the reason why um, his uh, why Tywin hated him so much. Oh, okay. and I think that his mother was um, raped by the Mad King. Oh, because he would that. like, yeah, and that's why he has like. I think at one point they, they I have all this like in a thread somewhere, but um, Tyrion doesn't look like Jamie or Cersei save the blonde hair. Um, yeah. Okay. And like it's the fact that you know Tywin was always telling him you're no son of mine, and like they say it's because he killed his mother, but really it's um, there's the theory that he's actually a bastard of um, the Mad King, the Mad King, and that's why there's three dragons. Drogo is for Daenerys, and the other two are for Jon and Tyrion. Oh, and now they're finally like together. So when that uh, doesn't pan out, I'm gonna be disappointed in you. So. Well, it's just a theory. It's just a theory. Um, I'll have to look up more stuff to back it up maybe for another week when we talk about Game of Thrones. But um, for now, I'll just leave it vague. But uh, it's it's actually a pretty popular theory online. Yeah, we should probably do that episode when that when this season ends. Like mm-hmm. the theor- theorizing would be fun in between before it ends, obviously. Yeah, before the final season. Yeah. yeah. So we'll but- do that at the end of this season when we do our review of this season, I guess. Since we're actually around to do like an episode of the podcast now, like yeah. talk about Game of Thrones, which we weren't, I guess, at this point. Because I guess when it was on last year, we wouldn't have been. We weren't we would have really just been into starting. It. Yeah, we yeah. were talking more about broader Check nerd culture. Stuff. Yeah, but um, no, I I enjoy I enjoy the performances a lot too. Like especially Cersei, it she is fucking nuts. Yeah, like watching her to this week talk to um the woman the women from Dorne. Yeah, I was just like, oh my god, and then like when she didn't even give a shit that like someone saw her and Jamie. I was like, oh, no, psycho. Yeah, she's starting to go nuts. Yeah. She's starting to go nuts with power. Yep. Yep. But, like, there's so much foreshadowing that I'm picking up on. I'm like, ooh, 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 So, we'll see. It's it's going to be a good season, I think. It's been good so far. I've enjoyed yeah. it two or three episodes we're in now. Three? Three. I think, yeah, I've enjoyed all three episodes. So. Yeah. But, yeah, season four was just, like, when John was killed as well and, like, um... Oh right! Daenerys took Slaver's Bay, so she was just in Slaver's Bay a really long time, and well, she was in Slaver's Bay all of last year. Then, um, well, yeah, but like actually doing things, you know what yeah. I mean? Okay. Um, so I don't know. It wasn't like season two, season three had, um, you know, like the red wedding and all the big stuff. Yeah, I'm almost at the point where like that stuff, like the Stark stuff, the early Stark stuff, I don't remember it anymore. I, I almost feel like I need to go and like rewatch the show again yeah. or something. Oh, and that was the thing too. Like Arya was actually kind of shown a little weak in that season just because she was being taught about the, her ninja yeah, skills or the whatever the hell it is. Men and yeah, so like she, you know, and she lost her sight for a while, and it was all just like. So it got good by the last like two or three episodes, but from what I understand, season four was just kind of like a blah. Okay, I don't know. I watched all of it, so yeah. I don't. Remember, I, I don't remember ever there being like a lull. But I, like I said, I don't super pay attention to like the fan. Yeah. Stuff. So I'm just like, meh, whatever. But anyway, so that's that's my that's my news. Um, what do you what do you got, Mark? I've only got I've got two. Well, there's a couple things. Um, we got our first look at uh, Zazie Beats as Domino in the. Uh, Deadpool 2. Mm-hmm. So did you see the picture? I did not. No. It looks pretty good. I kind of like it. She's laying on a, um, like, you know, remember that poster of Deadpool laying on a rug? Yes. It's that with her in there. Oh. I think she's laying on top of him, too, actually. I don't have the picture up right now. 
But either way, yeah, that should be fun. Marvel's Ant-Man and the Wasp has officially begun production, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. As it should. It's been a while. Yeah, they're, uh, well, they're in the middle of all the Infinity War stuff, so there's not, like, there's a ton of, uh, other Marvel productions happening that need to, um... True, but it was just a long lull. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, well, he was in all the other ones, though, right? Like, he was in Civil War, and then yeah. he's back for Infinity War, and he's in both of those, because he's, like, an Avenger now, I guess, or whatever. So, yeah. he'll be there. Um, this one's fun. Kristen Dunst apparently was on, I don't know where she was on. She was on a show, though, and she took a giant shit on Spider-Man Homecoming. Who the hell does she think she is? It was pretty funny. So what did she say? So we made the best one, so who cares? I'm like, you make it all you want. They're just milking that cow for money. It's so obvious. You know what I mean? And Tom Holland responded being like, your movies were shit by the end, so suck it. No, he didn't actually say that. I was like, what? (laughs) <laughs> he's like she's entitled to her opinion and i'm not gonna judge at all and i'm not doing the movie for the money blah blah, blah. no he really you can tell he loves it oh yeah absolutely he's like anytime you see him doing any of like the press stuff where he gets to, like hang out with the other guys he's just like a kid in a candy store and he really is he's like 21 he's a he's a baby which is why i guys. feel so bad when he got shit on for like saying you speak really great english to the one guy who spoke english like the interviewer did you hear about this no Okay, so he got in some some trouble because uh, he did an interview and um, with, I think, someone, um, I think he was Japanese, or I could be wrong, but after the interview, he was like, man, you speak really, really great English. Like, where'd you, when did you learn to speak such great English? And the guy was like, English is my first language. Oh, nice. And he was really offended because he's like, just because I'm Asian doesn't mean that I can't speak English. I'm so tired of people thinking I can't speak English. And Tom Holland, obviously, he's like 21. Like, yeah, he's a weird little British kid, too. Right. So yeah, he's a little British kid. Like it obviously I don't think he was trying to pay the guy a compliment, which wasn't like doesn't excuse his ignorance. But at the same time, it's a reason for his ignorance. Yeah, I don't know. I Whatever. Like. I feel, I feel bad for him. That's kind of shitty, but like, I understand why the, where the guys come from. I just think it's funny that like, Kirsten Dunst of all people who, like, has she done anything since those Spider-Man movies that's of, of, of note? I know Paul will say Melancholia, I think was the movie he really liked her in, but. Well, she did a, she did a pretty good job in uh, Bring It On. That was before Spider-Man. I've seen that movie. Oh, I've seen that movie. I have also seen that movie because I loved Jesse in it. Oh. So hot. Eliza Dushku was always one of my personal favorites. So. Who that? Oh, oh, she was Missy. Yeah, well, if you would continue to watch Buffy, you would know she was Faith and Buffy. Oh, you're going to hate me. I'm, that's the that's the trivia night I'm going to tomorrow. I'm just going to You're going to, to a find. Buffy trivia night? You've never even seen the show? I've seen a few episodes. You're going to get, you're going to be, you have no idea what's going on. Oh, no, on. I'm those not going to actually answer. I'm not going to The hardest of the hardcore. Yeah, those Buffy guys, Buffy nerds are, we're, we're horrible people when it comes to that <laughs> kind of shit. No, I'm mostly coming just to like enjoy the company that I'm keeping, but I think yeah. it's pretty funny. They're like, it's a Buffy trivia night. And I was like, I know nothing. <laughs> like, I'm so oh, sorry. Christy, you really need to start watching that show. I started watching Supernatural, though. I know, but you should watch Buffy first. Meh. Supernatural owes a lot to Buffy. True. So, because it came after. Both great shows. You should watch them both, really. I just feel like Supernatural is like, that's a long commitment. 
and Buffy is too, but like Supernatural is an ongoing commitment now because there's still episodes. Like there's they'll be starting up again in a couple of months. So true. It is a big thing to sink into. Yeah, I think there we're going into season thirteen now, which is mm. nuts. Mm, Winchester's good times. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, that was. Uh, oh wait, there's one thing. Um, so the new Hellboy movie has found their professor, their Doctor Broom or Professor Broom or whatever. So the uh, Hellboy's stepfather. And yep. it's going to be Ian McFucking Shane. Ian McShane. Yeah. So I'm super excited for Ian McShane. That's awesome. Yeah. Like he's such a phenomenal actor. Just watching him, I could watch him eat toast. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that, like he was my. He was in an episode of Game of Thrones, and I remember that being. I was so fucking excited for him to like show up and do shit in Game of Thrones, and then he was there for an episode and died. I was like. Oh, he's he wasted Ian fucking McShane, goddammit. So But his part was remember like was memorable. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause it's Ian fucking McShane. Sorry, I can't say Ian McShane without putting fuck in the middle of it somewhere. So Ian fucking McShane, goddammit. He's, he's so awesome. Um yeah, no, because we we were talking about I don't remember what we were talking about. Tim's doing his poll right now, right, to decide what shows to watch. Mm. And he uh he Deadwood's on his list, and I was like, "You have to fucking watch Deadwood if you're gonna watch any of those shows. Watch fucking Deadwood because yeah. Ian, Ian McShane's in it, and he is the best in that show." So I would go watch uh, Deadwood. You need to watch Buffy, but I do. I, I've got so much I need to watch. Yeah. To actually get my geek cred back, apparently. Yep. 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 We're uh, we're showing this the uh, the gaps in your geek knowledge as we I do know, this podcast. So, but um, yeah. Do you have any other uh, any other news before we jump to geek of the week? No, I'm good to go. All right. Well, then we'll jump into geek of the week. There, I did a sting. I'm excited for you. Yeah, it was it was low energy. I'm so sorry, listeners. Uh, it just doesn't feel right without Tim. But um, yes. So geek of the week, Mark. What was your geek of the week? Well, I used to talk about my nerdy transformer. What? Habit that is developing. What did you get? This is what Mark just put these in my lap. Oh, nice. What's the other one? Lots of Supergirl. And then DC Rebirth. Tim would be very excited. It will you actually read those? Um, Mark bought them for himself. He's on a huge graphic novel binge. Oh, we should have him on the show then. We should talk graphic novels again. With Tim, with, with uh, Tim and Mark, because you just finished Trans Transmetropolitan. Oh shit! He he read Transmet. Oh, he has all of them. My favorite books. Mark Love. loves it. It's fantastic, yes. he says. Warren Ellis is my fucking god. So Warren Ellis, yeah. yeah well, we should we should talk about him. Maybe I'll pick those up and try to give him a read. You should totally read Transmet. It's fucking awesome. It's uh, yeah. pretty vulgar. Pretty vulgar. I like vulgar though. I know you do. It's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, Geek of the Week. What was I talking about? You distracted me with comic books. Sorry. Um, oh, right. So I've been like collecting uh, Masterpiece Transformers the last couple months just because I don't know why. I have disposable income, I guess, and I've, <laughs> I've been on a weird Transformers kick. So I picked up... What did I buy? So I got my, my, my new version of Optimus Prime, and I have a I think we we're talking about it last week on the on the podcast. Like the day we did the episode, I got a new sound wave, like the masterpiece sound wave. 
Mm-hmm. And then this week I I was at a store um in town and they had a masterpiece shockwave. So I was like, fuck it, I'm buying them. So one of my goofy nerdy Transformers toys collection that is slowly expanding. Um but they're really cool figures. You can't see them because we're doing cool. an audio podcast. But that's about it really for Geek of the Week this week. I don't have like a ton of stuff. We just I feel like we just recorded, but we didn't. But it is only Tuesday, so it is kind of yeah. early. But um, no, I think that it's uh, they they do look cool. Like for for something to collect, like I people make fun of toys, but my dad collects them too, and like figures, and I think that they're a substantial thing to have. They're cool. Well, I'm like I've never been like a, a collector, like somebody who picks up like buys action figures, like a lot of them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I like the quality of these things. Like they they're re- quite little like feats of engineering to get them to like be because they're very usually very cartoon accurate in robot mode. Yeah. And then to get them to transform down into like whatever they transform into accurately is usually like quite the fucking feat of like figuring out how to get these little fucking nooks and crannies to like come out and fold out and stuff like that. So they're yeah. kind of fun to like just look at in terms of like how is this put together and how long is it going to take me to transform? Because like growing up, the ones we got when we were kids were like four little movements and they were transformed. These things are like, like uh, I got a Starscream that literally takes a half an hour to get him from plane to robot mode. No. And it's just like, it's the most agonizingly long process. And I have a pre-order out for the new Megatron that apparently takes about 45 minutes the first time to go from gun to robot mode. That's funny. Cause they're like super intense, like very finicky little transformations. And I'm just like, <laughs> whatever. But like, once you get them in the robot mode, they're like super cartoon accurate, like almost statues. Yeah. Because they're fairly tall. Um, the, the current runs of Masterpieces are all about between 8 and like 10 inches kind of thing. So they stand pretty tall. So, yeah, they hold up though. Yeah, but they look really nice. So I'm excited for that. I'll probably talk about it when that comes out. Because they're doing a reissue in the fall. And I have oh, a pre cool. for that. So I'm getting, I'll be getting my, my new Megatron then. There so, you go. So that's pretty geeky. geeky. <laughs> but it's like, it's a solid geekiness. It is pretty geeky. It's just as weird to talk about something that I can't show anybody because it's an audio podcast. But <laughs> well, you could always put pictures up online. I could, yeah. They are fun too because, like, I like drawing the Transformers a lot. It's something that's like, <clears throat> like if I have like not writer's block but like artist block kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Usually, I have a couple go to things that I'll go to to like get to work through it, and it's usually like Batman and then like Optimus Prime. Yeah. So. Having like a nice model of Optimus Prime sitting around that I can kind of like reference really quick is kind of fun. So. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, what about you, Christy? What was your geek of the week? My geek of the week. You're the geek of like you got like three weeks of geek of the week. You can, you can draw <laughs> from now. Well, honestly, I've just been because I've been so busy. I haven't really. I, I've been trying to get through Andromeda, um, and um, playing it a bit more. And I will say this. As a standalone game, if it was not related to Mass Effect, it would be a good sci-fi story. Yeah. It would be an enjoyable experience. But because it is connected to Mass Effect, it's breaking my heart the more I play it because it's so far removed from everything that I love. Yeah. But it's like it's like a poor man's interpretation. It's like someone who... Um, had never played Mass Effect, was told about Mass Effect, and shown some pictures, and they made it. So, like, if I made a Mass Effect game. Yeah. And you took all the elements that would make a good game, and you put them into it, 
but it's just a grinding, like, none of your choices actually matter, and especially now because they probably tabled the second and third games. Yeah. Like, they'll start fresh again if they do anything. That's the rumor going around. Like, I'd be okay with it. Because that team's gotten moved on to something else, like, completely separate now, I guess. Yeah. And I guess the... Yeah, because Mass Effect's kind of, like, tanked. So, playing that, I would be totally happy if they did a brand new um, brand new game, brand new set of characters, because I just don't feel connected to them. Now, will you be pissed off when they go and they reboot it in the next one? No. No? Okay. Now, can you remember being disconnected to these characters, like Shep and Garrus and all them, like, that early in the first game? Yes. Okay. So, this just sounds like shoddy writing to me, because that's what well, would bring you in, right? It's shoddy writing... And an over, something we actually talk about in improv is when you give too many offers. You have over, like, you over offer. Um, and that's sort of what it feels like happened with, with Andromeda. I hesitate even to call it Mass Effect. It's not. With Andromeda, what they did was they tried to make it Dragon Agey because Inquisition was successful. Yeah. And Inquisition had hundreds of hours of gameplay. Whereas Mass Effect 1. There was still a shiz ton to do. Each mission still tied you back to the main story somehow. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, you could do little things, but it increased your Paragon status or your Renegade status. You've lost that completely in this version. There is no... They don't don't have have it. Oh, okay. And it's just like, they give you all these things that should feel like big, monumentous choices and there's one every like 20 minutes so you're just stressed out playing because you're like what's this gonna mean and it means nothing i'm still gonna play it i'm still gonna beat it but it's just kind of like it's more of a slog now i can't do that to myself with video games like i i've always been like if i don't get grabbed i'm like i'm out like i can't force myself to play or do something that's supposed to be fun because that's what my thing with video gaming is supposed to be like a diversion it's supposed to be a distraction right as soon as it starts to feel like work, I'm like, fuck this, I'm out. The thing is, it's still, it's enjoyable, but it's a disappointment. You're making it sound unenjoyable. I know. And that's because I think there's moments when I just, I'm trying to enjoy it, but because my expectations were so high, mm-hmm. it's just, it is hard to enjoy it. But I can still appreciate it that it is a beautiful game and it is, it is a good sci-fi game. Especially now with the patches, like, it's fine. Fair enough. Yeah, so they fixed the graphical shit that was going on. Well, I read an interesting article on it because I've been doing a lot of research on Andromeda and what went wrong. Yeah. And um, it ends up that people were saying it's kind of weird how quickly that patch came out. Like, what were they doing for the last 18 months if they just had this patch ready to launch within, like, two weeks mm-hmm. to fix everything? And the difference is, like, why it is, and I was listening to a, an episode of um, Geeks on something with, I don't know, on YouTube. Um, I can't remember what it was called. But um, they talked about the conversation engine. And so they can't have graphics look anything like Naughty Dog killed it with Uncharted. But the reason that it looks so good, Uncharted 4, was because everything is plotted out and planned. They really uh-huh. only have to create about eight hours of cinematic um, conversation. Yep. So they can get their voice actors to come in and like every, they can do 
um, animation. Based on mocap and stuff, right? Yeah, and they can do specific animation for every scene, so they can make it look brilliant. But what they do um, with something like Mass Effect is that they have a number of um, like poses and head nods and in, like inclinations that a character will will move, and they'll apply those movements to um, every option that exists for the conversation, depending. So they'll be like, okay, give her hand tilt three, um, gesture five, and um, remorse seven. But they do that for every conversation option, so they don't have the time to go in and like animate, fine-tune, and do it, because it's just it's huge. Yeah. There's just no way. The, the game engine that did it the best has been Witcher 3. I remember hearing Witcher 3 kind of nailed this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but it and that's why a lot of people are having comparison issues with the Mass Effect game because they're yeah. comparing it to Witcher 3, which is just like a oh. massively expansive game that also has like fine detail in all its animation stuff. Like they don't have those little weird tweaky things that the Andromeda team ran into. Well, the other idea is that one EA did it because then they can say we're sorry. And they do this apparently a lot is that they do it for the, to say, look what we did for our fans. Oh. And so they, they, that's a pretty, um, pretty shitty, shitty. Yeah. It's a a big slap to their developers. Yeah. And then there's also the theory that when Andromeda was launched, because it was on a brand new engine, they had to scrap everything that they'd done with mass effects one to three. Yeah. And in doing that, there might've been an error within the hardwiring of the code in the engine, which is what made all of their movements so dramatic because all of the things that they had been applied shifted. Uh, okay. So that that was kind of my, I guess that is a bit more geek of the week is that I went and like did all this research on conversation engines. <laughs> and like, it was fascinating. So. Maybe you should have been a programmer there, Christy. <laughs> that sounds like programming shit. I can't speak that language. You were getting there with some education. You could have pulled it off. I believed it almost. <laughs> but anyway, speaking of Mass Effect and gaming, though, that brings us to the meat of the episode. Gaming meat. Super Meat Boy meat. We're not talking about Super Meat Boy. I like Super Meat Boy. Super Meat Boy was fun. That was a great game. I never played it. I just watched my Mark play it because I knew it would destroy me. Really? Oh, my frustration, my levels oh. of anxiety... Okay. They would spike. That's right. This is the, talking about the girl who can't play Mario games. I fucking suck at Mario. Mm. But anyway, so let's get to the meat of the episode. Meat of the episode this week, ladies and gentlemen, is that Mark and I are each going to pull out three games. And we're going to talk about these three games. And what we're going to do with that is two of them are going to be games that we absolutely loved when we were kids that do not hold up against the test of time. And then one of them will be a game that we loved as kids that does hold up to the test of time. So I will be, I'll try and explain that a little bit better as we go along. But uh, we figured that could be fun. And we'd love to hear what yours are in the comments. If you agree, if you disagree, Mark's got one that's a little controversial. And I'm excited to hear the response to that. But yeah, do you want to, do you want to start us off actually, Mark? Do you want to do your less controversial one first? My less controversial game that does not hold up? Does not hold up. So I had the, like the big one, and I hadn't really thought about the other one because I thought about the other thing. I thought we were doing two of the other thing. No. So two that don't hold up. 
Well, I can give my first one if you want, if that's easier. Sure, yeah. Okay. My first one that does not hold up and bums me out so hard that it doesn't. And I'm so upset that I went back and played it. Final Fantasy X from 2001. And it's just, it's not that the graphics aren't great because they still are and they're incredible for what they were. It's the voice acting and the overall like story of it just didn't, playing it when I was younger, I, I fell in love with it. Like I absolutely loved it. But I hadn't played enough games yet to appreciate how poorly it was voice acted. And that just absolutely robs you of the experience. Like, there are so many memes out there about Titus's laugh. I'm trying to remember Final Fantasy X. I've never played any of the Final Fantasies except for, like, a couple hours of seven. Titus. Is that the blonde pretty boy one? Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember you talking about this. And I remember Paul commenting on it, too, because he um, had a very similar response to that game. Not. Um, I think he didn't like it when it came out, either, though, if I'm not mistaken. Correctly. Really? Yeah. I think he, was, he, had, he had some problems with it when it came out. Well, I was like a diehard like Final Fantasy VII like nerd. Oh, you yeah. See, you weren't on the episode. He's in Tokyo currently, like mm-hmm. he's in Japan right now, and he was going to go, and I think he was there last night because I saw him posting shit to a Final Fantasy fourteen cafe. Okay, like a Final Fantasy themed cafe. That's fantastic. Tokyo. Yeah. So Paul's like diehard Final Fantasy, and I just remember. Like, there have never been games that I'm, like, super into. So I'm like, hmm, Final Fantasy ten, Spheerball? I'm having big memories of this game. Is that that one? Yeah, Spheerball. Okay. Which was super fun. But, okay. um... I find that's an error. I think that's the error we'll probably be going back to a lot tonight. Yeah. There's that, that transitional period between side-scrolling 16-bit kind of, like, Super Nintendo era. Mm-hmm. And, like, really getting... Really nailing 3D. So that PS1... Maybe early PlayStation 2 and 64 kind of era is where like a lot of games that like people love mm-hmm. that just don't fucking hold muster anymore. Like, and it sucks because like the reality is it's not a terrible game, but the story itself, in my opinion, having gone back and played it, was not fleshed out as much as it should have been. They left the ending on a huge cliffhanger, and the second game didn't actually answer any of the questions. It totally destroyed the characters that you had like um, created and. Like, I don't know. I just, in playing it again, there were still parts that I loved, but even the game mechanics were uneven and somewhat glitchy. And it's just stuff you didn't notice when you were younger, you know? Because you were, it was it was one of my first hardcore RPGs, I think, or adventure yeah. games, but, and I loved it. But to me, voice acting is such an integral part of any good adventure RPG that if that doesn't pull you through the whole way, what are you doing? So did you replay the HD remaster? Yes. Also, I'm an idiot. It was Sphere Grid was the combat system or something, I guess. Whatever. It was the combat system, but um, not Sphere. Blitzball. 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 Blitzball was the name of the game. Sorry. I know that he's probably... Okay, I, mean, I made the mistake it's too, too. It's too late now. The Final Fantasy nerds have attacked us on Facebook. So <laughs> of our 50 listeners or whatever, I'm sure... Blitzball, though. Blitzball yeah. was so fun. Did you play the remastered version of it? Some of it. I Again, it was just... What was hard was... I, I really struggled with... Like, some of it. The music was gorgeous, and... I really... Um, the actual movement through the system and, like, through the game was amazing. 
But then they'd have these beautiful cutscenes that they didn't, the characters didn't look a damn thing like they did, like just walking around and. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It was very, uh, it was very whitewashed. Um, is the second, Tentu's the one with the. Um, with Yuna. With the girls, right? Yeah. Dancing. Like Yuna. All, and all and... those, all the boobs out for some reason. Yeah. Yuna, Pain, and Riku. Mm-hmm. Like the most common cosplays of all time. Yeah. And they danced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that game. I didn't play mm-hmm. it, but I remember the advertising for it, like the marketing for it. Yep. I remember Paul getting pissed about that too. Actually, a lot of people got pissed about that one, but Yeah, because it didn't it didn't follow all it did was follow a bit of Yuna's storyline about loving Titus and wanting him back. What would you do to like how would you improve it then? Like if you were gonna like remake it now. I mean obviously they just did remake it for PS3, but like what would you do differently? I would get a whole cast of voice actors. The people I would keep, I would keep Lulu. I thought she was good. Um, and I would keep, um, oh, what's the actor's name? He did Bender. John. Oh, fuck. Well, you guys always ask me, like, voice actors, and I'm always like, I know his name. It's Joe, is it John DiMaggio? Joe, John, Joe DiMaggio. No, not Joe DiMaggio. No, he's a fucking baseball John, player. John DiMaggio? It sounds close. John DiMaggio. Okay, yeah, because he did an awesome documentary and called um, "Who's That Voice?" But yeah, um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He this was before Final Fantasy or before um, um, Futurama. Yeah, and he did Waka well, but even then, like he was still wooden. And I think part of that was the direction. So well, I, that's probably English voice actors getting directed by Japanese directors, and there's probably a language barrier there. Not to get into a Tom Holland situation, but like, it may not necessarily have been communicated particularly well either. So, yeah, and that's that's probably accurate. In my opinion, it just it, the actual gaming aspect of it is still really good. The music is beautiful. The um, story story is pretty good like it's a good story the problem is that it doesn't suck me in the way it used to because i get lost within the bad voice acting fair enough and i think for me realizing that that's just such a big part of gaming now like uncharted 4 and the uncharted series in general in witcher and um mass effect have all been so well voice acted yeah you excited for the new uncharted not as excited as I was for four. Apparently, it's a whole. Apparently, it's like a whole fucking game. Like it's mm-hmm. a whole like eight hour experience. I'm very. I'm. I'm curious to see because I never. I struggled to get through Uncharted Four. So. Well, it's because it, again, it it suffered from did it need to be made syndrome. Yeah. Well, I just found like some of the gameplay was a little frustrating. Like the, um, I don't necessarily play the Uncharted games for the gunfighty stuff. No, and it's for the treasure couple- hunting. Yeah, it's for more like the climby kind of like Tomb Raidery stuff that I enjoy mm-hmm. in that. And I found it got a little like gun happy in some spots and there were really like punishingly difficult parts of it for like yep. no reason. And I was just like, I'm not enjoying f- killing wave after wave after wave after wave of guy. Like, I just want to like kind of play through the game. So yeah, for me, the, the ranking of the Uncharted games goes two, three, four, one. Yeah, I can. I could probably agree with that. I don't. I don't. Uh, one was really good, but one was one was like a great. I don't want to say beta test, but it was like intro. a really good. It beta, like it was a really good like first stab at what mm-hmm. became a much bigger thing. 
Yeah. And then, like, I feel like a part of the problem with four too was like a lot of the stuff that they were that they did really well in the other games, they improved upon that much more when they did Last of Us, and when they went back to Uncharted Four, they kind of stripped some of that stuff out, and it didn't necessarily play particularly like as well as you could have, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, The so. Last of Us was so good. Yeah, yeah. I want to. Re- I'm. I'll, I'm waiting until the sequel comes out, but I'm definitely going to replay it. So my Mark has never beaten it. I'm trying to get him to play it, and he just like he's never he's never he's beaten never Last beaten Us? Last of Us. Holy and to shit. me, that's like tragic. Yeah, it really is. It was a really good. It took. I, I think I've told the story on the podcast. It may have been that episode, like that we were talking about, mm-hmm. where like seven of us sat around and tried to do our top five games. Um, but it was a, definitely a game that like I didn't jump on in PS3. Even though I had Eric and Paul both like rant, like ranting at me about the game, yeah. it wasn't until I bought my PS4 and it kind of it was the pack-in game, yeah, like the totally. remaster was the pack-in, um, that I sat down and was like, I really won't, like people have been talking about this game, so I'm going to spend a weekend and play it, and was just like fucking blown away by how well put together a game it was. It was a cinematic experience. Yeah, and that's the thing; it's more of a story than it is like a gameplay thing. Like it, I, it, it played fine. Like don't get me wrong, it was a great game. But, like, there's gameplay loops that I enjoyed a lot more in other games kind of thing than that. But, like, just the storytelling was, like, as good as it gets, so. Well, I mean, we can, I think we can safely say that The Last of Us was, the gameplay was weak when it came to certain areas with um, the clickers and things like that. Like Yeah, like, the combat was wonky and stuff It was like a little that. monotonous at times, yeah. but it wasn't, it made up, it wasn't so bad that, like, it was it detracted. Yeah, it was unplayable. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, there's a reason why people call it the best game of all time, right? Like it's it's a it's a really good game. So yeah, and but you're right. Way. Naughty Dog, I think, spent so put so many um, eggs in the Last of Us basket. But I'm still really like impressed that they put off Uncharted as long as they did to make it a good game. Yeah, I oh, it was a great game. Yeah. I really enjoy, I enjoyed my time with it. I just like oh, I yeah. don't know if I would ever go back and really like I replayed the other Uncharted's before I played four, mm-hmm. which may have also kind of resulted in me having a big lag between starting four and beating it. But I was kind of like, that's a lot of Uncharted. It is a lot of Uncharted, um, especially because playing through the first one was even remastered was kind of punishing. So mm-hmm. lots of monster closet like long fucking battle scenarios yeah. when the controls are not great. So it was kind of like, oh my god, like when you were in fighting. the car, fuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But so there you go. Yeah. Anyway, that's mine with um, Final Fantasy X. Again, not so much even about the gameplay, which I think this is what it's more of a personal choice, right? It's not. It's you have to have gone back and played it, and understood that you can still appreciate it from the childhood perspective that you experienced it. But you, it's okay to not like. Yeah. Um. Okay. I thought of a good one for this. Then actually. Um, yeah. The early Mortal Kombat games, specifically like one and two, mm-hmm. are games that like I played the ever and me and a lot of other people played the ever loving shit out of um, in those like early '90s days, like 16-bit era games, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That they're impossible to go back to now because they're just low frame rate, clunky, awkward to play kind of things that don't stand the test of time. <laughs> at all really and it's weird too because i feel like some of the 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 vestigial fucking organs of those games still kind of run into the current generation of them because i've played mortal kombat 9 and 10 on the most current ones and they still have a little bit of that weird kind of clunkiness to them 
like they never feel like they flow nicely and that's always what i like about a good fighting game because i've spent hours and hundreds of dollars on copies of street fighter 2 for yeah. every system that comes out because i just like that combat system and they came out at the same the first mortal combat and street fighter 2 were contemporaries in the arcade right like they're games that came out at the same time yeah. and it's just really weird that like i can go back and still go online and play street fighter 2 and have a good time and if somebody was like hey let's play mortal kombat 2 i'd be like how about we not and pretend that we did and maybe play street fighter instead because like mm-hmm. i'm gonna play a fighting game it's not something that i want to go back to because they just don't hold up there was so much shock value to them like, i think that was what they sold themselves on that like i guess they were fun enough like they played well enough for their time but they do not translate out of that time period very well so yeah I actually, I never played those games, really. You never played the original Mortal Kombat games? Mm-mm. They were, oh, um, by sure the time Mark's I got, was... Oh, got them in his arcade. Yeah, he does. Um, and it's just funny, because, like, by the time that I would have played that, um, the arcades were pretty much gone, and they'd replaced them with the newer versions. Well, that was the thing, too. Like, you probably would have come of age when, like, arcades weren't a thing. Like, when we were growing up, yeah. like... It was probably in high school when arcades kind of started disappearing for the most part. And that's like, I'm talking about us as in like Tim and I being like born in like 81 kind of thing. Well, Mark's and an like, 80 baby. Yeah. Like, and he's a 1980, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like being that early 80s kind of thing. Like we, we saw the death of the year, like the, the go-to place, like arcade um, to play video games kind of thing. And then, yeah, they were definitely like, I remember when Mortal Kombat 2 came out, like the lineups for the fucking machines were like hours long and stuff like that and like yeah you get up there and play some guy who was like five years older than you would kick the shit out of you because he'd been found like he bought himself game pro and had all the fucking moves and stuff like that like he was just or had been playing it for like 20 years <laughs> well no see this is like it was it was I'm brand just, new like, right I'm, I'm just saying like he'd just been there forever yeah he'd been there for like three days pretty much straight playing mm-hmm. it and had a chance to practice which yeah yeah definitely in a fighting game environment is usually kind of beneficial to your play so but yeah, those are definitely games that like I look back on and I'm like, oh, I've had such a good time playing them. And like it's probably something that like you could we could have had Paul on and talked about like he and I sitting around in front of the Super Nintendo playing Mortal Kombat for hours on end until one of us got frustrated and walked away. Or started a fight, like a real fight. Because that would happen too occasionally. Um more because Paul's a cheap fuck when it comes to Street Fighter. You chun <laughs> use it, motherfucker. But we would do like the long like runs of Mortal Kombat, like one on one kind of thing, and that kind of stuff, and still do like it was something like even like, up until he moved away, we would still do like not Mortal Kombat, but like Street Fighter. We like if we got together, we would like play Street Fighter for a couple hours until one of us got frustrated or tired or hands started cramping up and stuff like that. Because we're old now, so <laughs> can't can't play can't play fucking video games for six hours at a time. No. Especially not those where like it requires like constant strained input kind of thing. So, but still, but yeah, no, I I feel like fighting games are a hard one to hold up, regardless of what it is anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think if you get something that's like relatively fluid and like has a a not super gameable system, then you're okay. But like Mortal Kombat was like just such a shit show of like barely their mechanics that it didn't age particularly well i don't even know if i would like i'm sure they were probably reviewed very well in the time but it's hard to say if like they're actually that good at games kind of thing even back then so fair yeah yeah um but yeah do you have anything else to say about it no not really i've said my piece 
Um, I'm just uh, looking at my next one, and it's it's hard to say out loud because, like, I really do love the game. Are you going to talk about, um, what's that game that just got re-released? Crash? You're going to talk about Crash, right? No, I love Crash. No. Crash holds See, up. No, it does not hold up at all. You're wrong. You don't know that. You didn't play it. I did. I bought the fucking game on PS4. It it still plays like shit. So the jumping is mechanism is pretty fucked up. Yeah, it's they're not good games. <laughs> the fact that they got they released are. and that they sold so well, I'm very happy for all the Crash fans because you're probably going to get some garbage sequel now. But I'm just like I never understood why people got so into those games. I love it. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. It's mindless. There's no like real violence. You should go play Mario 64. I know you hate Mario games. It's weird that you love Crash and you don't like Mario. I would play Mario 64, but I just really sucked at it. Yeah, but it wasn't like a 2D one. The 2D ones could be punishingly difficult in spots. Yes. Um, that was part of the fun of them, to be fair, to me anyway. I used to enjoy those 2D ones, but um, the 3D ones I always found were pretty fun. Well, I loved Super Mario Galaxy. See, if you'd like that, you'd love 64. It's oh. That's just the next evolution. Well, of... 64 is the one in the castle, right? Yep. Yeah, so I, I did play some of that, but... I never had a Nintendo when I was growing up. You you pro- you have one in your house now. I do, and it's mine. Is it yours? It's not Mark's. He has another one at home. Yeah, so that is your home. You mean like at his parents' house? At his parents' house. Sorry, good call. Mm. But yeah, no the the next one I'm going to mention is a little known game, and I loved it with all my heart, and I still do. But I can I can say, even though I love it, it's not as good as I remember it. And I've talked about it before on the podcast, but Atlantis, The Lost Tales. Where do you find these games? I've never heard of these games. My dad bought it when I was younger. It was a PC game. Um, and it was about um, this companion named Seth who was hunting down Queen Rhea of Atlantis who had been kidnapped. And you're one of her companions. You're brand new, so you've, you haven't even met her yet. And um, you're sent out on a mission to find out what happened to her. And it ends up that her consort um, has had her uh, taken away to find this thing called the hidden knowledge, which grants whoever finds it um, all knowledge in the universe. And um, it was a really cool game and still is a cool game, but the story is weak. At, at a certain point, it should have just stopped. The game should have just ended, but they added, like, three more chapters. Um, it's glitchy at times. Um, there's one section where you have to race crabs on an island, and you have to race and win three times, and it's all based on luck with the PC. If you lose, you are killed, and you have to do it again. Oh, that sounds agonizing. It is. And some of the voice acting is really good. The animation at the time, again, was like, whoa. But now you'd look at it and be like, uh. What's it called? Like, what's the full title again? Atlantis. The Lost Tales from 1997. Great music. Again, amazing music. The voice acting was not terrible. but Oh, it's a PlayStation game. PlayStation NPC. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Originally PlayStation, or originally PC, and I think they made it onto PlayStation at the same time, maybe. Okay. But, um... Man, those graphics. Whew, PS1. Hot yep. damn. It's exactly that time you were talking about. It was a mist kind of game. Okay. You remember? So it's like an adventure, like, point-and-click kind of thing? 
Exactly. Yeah, it's totally like way outside my wheelhouse. Not enough beating up criminals or shooting prostitutes for <laughs> my taste, apparently. Well, apparently not, but it was an enjoyable experience. But at the same time, it's um I just rewatched a play of it um last week. And it wasn't it wasn't good. Like I, I'm sure at the time it was good, you know, in the nineties style of writing when they were just starting to explore what video games could be. Like narratively, yeah. Yeah, because it wasn't a, like, that's that part of that problem with that era, right? Like that PlayStation 1 kind of N64 era was like, that was when also like the jump between 2D to 3D is one thing that we'll probably talk about in a minute, but like also mm-hmm. like adding narrative to the game more so than they probably had in previous generations of gaming that were like more just about like kind of a fun loop to play kind of thing. Whereas like this stuff's like, oh, now we're going to have a story that kind of gets into the flow of the game, which is like, okay. So mm-hmm. it's not just like kidnap princess, go fucking rescue kidnapped yeah. princess kind of thing. It's more like we're going to try and tell multi-layered stories here. And it took them a little while to figure it out. Probably didn't happen until like the next generation. So like into the PS2 kind of era, yeah. that's when that's. I feel like that's when they kind of solidified it. Although I'm saying that, and Metal Gear Solid came up for PS1, so maybe I'm full of shit. So, um, I don't think you're full of shit. I think that, um, uh, maybe that's some an outlier. Game companies, yeah, some companies. It was the exception. Some yeah. companies really started like getting, like knowing what they were doing, but because of the limitations of their programming knowledge and the hardware that was not great hardware. either, like the Tales of Atlantis or um, Atlantis Lost Tales. Uh, was a four-disc computer game. Holy shit. That you had to switch out every time you went to a new location. Yeah. So I think that the story was lacking because they focused so hard on the puzzles and on the experience around you. Like, it is a beautiful game. Um, Well, for its time. For its time. But, yeah. It's funny, doing this, I have, like, three more that keep popping into my brain that I could say... Yeah, I've got a couple more that have popped into my head. Yeah. Now that we're so, talking about it. Why don't we, we'll extend. We, we'll do um, one each more of things that didn't work, and then we can add a couple more. All right. Um, okay, so my ne- I, won't, I won't go into my super controversial one right now then. I'll, mm-hmm. do, that. I'll do that for last, because I feel like that's one we'll actually be able to talk about. Yeah. Um, but from the same era and from the same system, uh, Goldeneye. I would agree with you on that. Yeah, I feel like that game plays like dog shit now. Like, it does not hold up at all. But no. fuck me, did I spend a lot of time playing that game when it came out. Like, a fucking lot of time playing that game Yeah, when it came out. Like, hours and hours and hours beating and clearing out, getting all those stupid cheats that were, like, timed runs through the levels and all that stupid shit that you had to do in those games. Because that's also, like, like, the difference between being... When would that come out? 97? So uh, I would have been like yeah. 15. Like probably hadn't started working yet. Like didn't have that like disposable income kind of thing. So like you got a game back then and like would play the fuck out of it because it was all you really had. Yeah, you ripped it apart. Yeah, and like a game like GoldenEye was at least worth that time. Like you would spend the time playing it and it was fun and shit. So like that was worth it. But now you don't do that, I guess, anymore. Or maybe I just don't anymore. More I'm like, oh, I beat it. Fuck, that's actually a rarity for me to beat a game now. But like, Golden, I played the shit out of. But like, mechanically, oh my god, that game's horrifying now. Like, it does not play properly the way a proper FPS should play. I think the next generation 
Halo came out and they're just like fucking upturned the, the 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 table in terms of how FPS should play on a console. Yeah, and, and Perfect like, Dark was better. Perfect Dark was good, but I feel like Perfect Dark also doesn't like because it's so similar, it mm-hmm. doesn't hold up anywhere near as well. There was a remake for it of it in on 360, I think, that added dual stick support. Mm-hmm. So like you could actually play it. Cause like the N64, obviously, like that controller, that nightmare fucking torture device of a controller <sighs> did not exactly like lend itself to a first person shooter kind of thing. I always feel like the N64 controller was like it was designed perfectly for Mario 64 and then like oh. forgot that other games were gonna need to be fucking played on this thing. Like, and they hadn't quite figured out like the 3D thing yet, like with the camera. So they had like digital camera buttons that they always use just as interface buttons on other games. And like, that's when that second stick. Like, can you think of a game that you have played recently that used the right stick to do anything aside from adjust your view? No. No, like even like this is Mass Effect. Like, are they, are they 3D to the point where like you're you can loop around the guy like with your camera, like you can adjust the camera on on the right yeah. stick. Okay. That's what, pretty much what you do. Yeah. And you use like R3 when you click the button occasionally. Yeah, occasionally you'll do that. But like I can't think of a game where like R3 or, like your right stick is not camera controls and like or aim kind of thing like in an FPS and it's way infuriating to go back to GoldenEye and play it. Yeah. With one stick kind of thing cuz I've now been playing FPSs for consoles. Well, since that came out, so 97 would have been like when I started playing them on consoles on a regular basis. And any version of a game that doesn't have dual sticks just sucks ass now. So. <laughs> no, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I remember spending just countless hours in four player multiplayer shooting the shit out of my friends and my brother and everybody else who would come over and hang out and play four player Goldeneye and stuff like that. Because you would just yep. spend weekends doing that right like in high school maybe not you because you guys would have been a little young but like that was what we did like we were like 15 or 16 at the time so like what do you have what can you do at that point like it's kind of pre you you can't really drive yet so it's like everybody goes to somebody's house somebody's got an n64 somebody's got golden eye for that n64 because yep there's like five games you would have for n64 especially because it was so multiplayer accessible Yeah, like you that's what you did, right? So you sat there and for like six hours played fucking Goldeneye until you knew every map like the back of your hand and some asshole picked um odd job so that he could duck under the, the main fire lines and stuff like that. <laughs> and you just be like, Oh fuck you. Yeah, fuck you, odd job. But um you judo chop little bastard. <laughs> well, um what was I gonna say? Yeah, I, I never really got heavy into those games um but i do remember the part of the reason i didn't was because of the clunky gameplay yeah yeah i could definitely could see especially like you would have been a little bit removed probably like did you have a 64 no yeah so like by the time you got back around to like triangle and i would have been five years later and you'd like in theory had played halo which would have just completely ruined the gameplay for you so yeah oh halo halo is also oh my god so hard. Really? I love that I, first. I love those first Halo games, man. I don't know. I felt like it was like the first time they really nailed the FPS on a console. I was like, oh, I'm is, not saying it, it wasn't. Like, yeah, they definitely nailed it. Yeah. There's so much but, fun to play. There's still like, I still like, um, I'll, I will buy uh, the new Halo games when they come out. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like, I'm not day one or whatever, 
but like I just got uh, Halo Five just went on sale for like fifteen bucks or something like that a couple weeks ago, and I was like, I'll grab this and blast through the campaign because it's just gonna be like whatever. I'm eat grinder really. You're just gonna cut yeah. through a bunch of aliens and then like whatever. So well, part of the problem though is that if you aren't a grinder, you will get decimated. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the thing. I'm not going online and playing. You know what I mean? I'm just playing through the campaign. Like if you go into like online, those motherfuckers are just like they're crazy people. Yeah, they're nuts. Like, have you heard of this game? Is it Battlegrounds? It's a PC game. It's like all the rage right now. Overwatch? Oh. No, uh, Battlegrounds. Oh. It's some like online FPS that's like uh, this huge fucking deal. I don't know what it is. I want to play it because uh, all the guys on like the kind of funny guys have been talking about it. Yeah. And I'm like, it sounds interesting. It's PC only though. So I'm like, I'd have to install it on the rig and like blah, blah, blah. But, ah, it's not that bad. No. No, I just need a new chair. My chair's broken. So, uh, well, um, let's keep moving along. I would say uh, the last game that I'll say that doesn't measure up because I feel like this is an episode we could do a few, like lots of rounds of. Yeah, probably. I'd be curious to hear what Tim thinks. Like what Tim? Yeah. Would offer. We should involve him in the next rendition. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've talked about this game before, and it's not that I. Ooh, thank you. Mark just brought me pie. Thanks. I'm not even done eating. I don't want pie. You don't get pie. You're in Milton. I know. No pie for you. The pie is a lie. I've talked about this game before, and it did terrify me when I was a kid and, like, haunts my nightmares and my dreams. But um, it was still, it was still, at the time, an amazing game. But going back and watching it, the playthroughs of it, it's horrible. And it's seventh guest. This one you talked about. Yeah, with your Henry sister. Stauf. Yeah, my sister Making made me sister, play your it. Made you play it. And her, him whispering in my ear, um, feeling a little lonely. And I was like, ah! I feel like I want to meet your sister because she tortured you so much. I don't know why. I'm curious. I don't want you to meet her and say that to her though. Why? Kick me. She'd kick you. Yeah. Amberly's great, but like when we were kids. We don't tell people about what we did to each other when we were kids. We were all bitches to each other. We're all bitches to each other. We're all little bitches. But um, the thing is, though, Seventh Guest, the story didn't make a lot of sense. Um, Some of the gameplay was just obnoxiously difficult. Um, It was a point-and-click adventure, but some of the, the puzzles were excruciating. And the graphics, like... They were trying to do that new fandangled thing for 1993 where they did video footage overlaying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I remember those. So that was going on. And then they did a sequel called 11th Hour, which was even worse. And I'm sorry, Marty, if you're listening to this, Marty Chanette. I'm so sorry because I know that we talked about it. But I went back and I watched those games and dude... Does not hold up. 11th hour was the worst. Like, it was so bad. Um, and they were, the, like, the story by, okay, I'm going to spoil the ending. But you have to pick between the woman that you've gone into this house to find. Um, a woman who you've just met who's telling you that the woman of your, like, the love of your life um, or who you've gone to save is now under Stauf's control and you like can't save her. And then this sexy mistress who's a spawn of the devil. 
And it's like, it makes you choose. And if you don't pick the woman you just met, you end up like having sex with staff and he like condemns you to hell or you're murdered um, real quick. Like, and there's just, it's the shittiest. And the, the lead guy is just like an ass. And it played nothing like Seventh Guest except for that you were still in the house, but it just like was weird acting and I don't know. But Seventh Guest itself is, the story was cooler, but it, uh, again, the acting was just obnoxious. Obnoxious. Fair enough. So that's what I have to say about Seventh Guest. Cool. Watch a Let's Play of it if you ever want to experience it. Is there actually lots of Let's Plays of it up Yep. There? It's a classic play, cult. Is there less Let's Plays of every video game now? Mm-hmm. I know, I watched but a Let's Play. But it's a classic play, cult uh, film, or video game, so. Oh, was okay. that? No, I thought I was just going to say, like, I, I randomly watched a Let's Play of the original NES Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the other day, because I was like, somebody was talking about how punishingly difficult it was, and I was like, I've never gotten past the second level, and I want to see what it looks like. Oh. It didn't look like it was any more fun than the, uh, the first two levels. So I was like, yeah. okay, good. I'd rather watch this guy fucking suffer through this than play it myself. <laughs> I know. That's why I watch horror games. So mm. I don't have to suffer through it. Um, I watched a number of Let's Plays of like Five Nights at, Freddy, at Freddy's games. And I'm just like, ugh, these look terrible. Yeah. But um, playing it, I know I'd poop my pants. But um, yeah, no, it was the same thing. Like I watched this, I watched this weird video um, of a game that I had when I was a kid called Starship Atlantic. No, Starship Titanic based on a Douglas Adams novel. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, It was so bad. Yeah. And I remember being okay and then watching it. I was just like, what is this shit? Yeah, your your ability to discern quality increases as you get older. So Yeah. Yeah, when you're a kid. I remember being really excited when the Sega CD came out. This is me aging, like dating myself horribly. But my cousin got a, a Sega CD and we were like super excited to play. What the fuck was that game? Night Trap? Uh-huh. Yeah, we were like trying to play Night Trap. God, that game was a piece of dog shit. It just... <laughs> Terrible, terrible game. Terrible game. So, yeah, I remember that FMV thing was like a big deal. And it was just like, it doesn't work, guys. It's not working. Not working True. at all. Well, so. why don't you tell us your last game that you don't think held up? Controversy alert. Contro- well, this is up for debate because there's aspects of it that I do think held up. But I think overall, not so much. And it's definitely Ocarina, it's Ocarina of Time. Either you can say either of the N sixty four Zelda games. I feel like having tried to go back and play them after any of the other modern ones, they just don't feel good anymore to play. So I don't know. What do you think, Christy? Well, I think that it's kind of like what I was saying about Final Fantasy X. It's you can still love parts of it and still be honest with yourself that it's not at the level that you thought it would be at this point. Yeah. But I still really enjoy Ocarina, but it does not have a very strong story. See, I feel like it's the the it's the most like story wise, it's the most straightforward probably of the Zelda games. So like I feel like running through the story of it is just like Zelda by the numbers. Even I mean they throw the time travel like wrinkle in there, but like it's not that different from doing the Dark World thing that they do in Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't feel like. I think it's just like a product of its time. I think like yes. at the time it was it, it was like it was a revolutionary amazing game at the time. But I feel like they've stepped so far past that and like for all the shit Wind Waker took, I feel like Wind Waker was such like actually the better game of the two. Like it still holds up so much better. 
Ocarina has more notoriety because it was just beyond anything that had been created. Well, it was the first one, right? So, like, I feel like they've improved on it to the point where, like, I don't need to go back to that ever again and be like, oh, I need to replay Ocarina of Time because it's going to be, like, something. I just feel like at this point it's aged, like, mechanically so poorly that it's, like, it's difficult to play through. And I know you and Tim have mentioned a couple times, like, play the 3DS remake. I'm like, well, first of all, I need to buy a 3DS to do that, which I might do anyway because I want to get the new Metroid game that comes out in a couple weeks. So Mm -hmm. I may order one of those this weekend just so that I have it when... uh Metroid 2, the Metroid 2 remake comes out, mm-hmm. but I still feel like the last couple of times I've like thrown it on an emulator to like try and play through it. I'm like, it doesn't map properly. And well, like, emulators suck too. Most of the emulators these days run mo- like an N64 game better than the N64 ever did. Because I was literally just playing, I go back to, and it was actually going to be my, it's kind of my, the one that I go back to all the time. I was kind of talking about um, the, uh, the N64 wrestling game, No Mercy that like looks like dog shit like just looks like dog shit but it's still so much fucking fun to play it's the kind of thing that my cousin and i will go back to after like 12 beers and go sit in his garage where he has his nintendo 64 set up so that his kids can't hear us talking to each other (laughs) (laughs) because it usually turns into us just like cursing at each other for two hours and still be able to sit there and play it but i feel like ocarina just doesn't have that like the mechanical polish isn't there in terms of like, oh, I want to sit down and play it and it's choppy frame rate and like everything kind of looks like shit and like it needs, it just, I feel like if they did an HD remake of it, like re, like from the ground up, like retold that story, it would be amazing. Mm-hmm. But going back and replaying it, it's just not something I can do anymore. Well, I've never been able to beat it. you never beat Ocarina of Time? No, I've always gotten stuck in the Water Temple. Water Temple, right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I remember beating the uh, the Water Temple the first time because it was it came out in ninety seven or ninety eight, so kind of pre internet. Maybe I was on the internet at that point. I think our house we had like a dial up thing going on in the nineties, but it still it wasn't to the point where I could just, like like now you just be like, oh, I'm stuck. Go on Game Facts and just like type in the game you're playing and like here's the problem I'm having, and four hundred other people are having the problem, and somebody's yep. figured it out. Mm-hmm. It wasn't up to that point yet. Not Although I think game. All. I think GameFAQs might have actually still been around back then. I think it was one of like, I feel like that's one of the first websites was like GameFAQs. Oh yeah, they had walkthroughs and everything. It was great. Yeah, but I think like getting through the Water Temple the first time was just like um, a trial of attrition. Like just like the longest three day grind of my life. Totally worth it at the time because this is like playing through the Zelda game and like getting stuck. I feel like getting stuck in a game that you're enjoying that much isn't necessarily like a bad thing because it just means like you have to beat the game kind of thing. Like it's mm-hmm. fun. It's fun to, like to figure out the problem that you're having, but I just like I don't know. I feel like the, those games, especially Ocarina of Time, get a lot, a lot of talk about it being like the best game of all time. And I'm like, maybe it was then, but I feel like we've moved past that point now, and like really need to stop holding it in such high regard. I think they've done at least two games in the Zelda series alone since then that are better games than Ocarina of Time, and I still think Link to the Past is. Is a better game. Well, Link, yeah, Link to the Past was a classic too, though. Yeah, like, but I mean, well, you gotta, see, here's the thing though, like it's a classic. Like I played it when it came out, so like I put, I was contemporary to both those games, kind of thing. It wasn't something that I had to go back to and be like, oh, this is the game that I should play the way somebody in your age bracket would be like. Oh, I have to go yeah. back and play this because somebody said like you have to play the Zelda games. I played Link to the Past when it came out, yeah, and like I love that game still. Like I'll still go and replay that one. Because it's just like that hand-drawn kind of sprite 
art yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I don't feel like those have aged poorly just based nope. on that. Whereas like those first N64 PlayStation 1 games are like hard to look at now. You know what I mean? Considering where the graphics okay. are now. Like looking whatever. back on it, it's like, oh Yeah. With the exception of Symphony of the Night, which is hand drawn, so that's kind of different. Like it's all sprites and stuff, so that still holds up. But yeah, I feel like the, like those the, the first three D games are like unless they went super cartoony like Mario sixty four, and even then that game looks like dog shit too. <laughs> but like especially the Zelda one, I'm like this does not look good. It runs really slow and choppy, and I feel like the play mechanic like was improved so much that like going back to it, I'm just like this is fucking unplayable to me. So yeah, well, I think that. A lot of people would probably disagree with you. Yep. Oh, I, I expect some hate. Bring on the hate, guys. <laughs> At the same time, I do... It's it's the same kind of reason why, you know, hating on Final Fantasy X, I feel kind of guilty about it because it, it was, like, such a monumentous game at the time. Yeah. But, like, that's why we're bringing up our next thing, and I have a couple games that have I think have held up. So uh, the first one that I'll say, because I have, I have a couple... I'll just say my honorable mentions really quick. Not, I won't go into these because we're already running at about, excuse me, an hour and 45 minutes. Are we really? Yep. No matter how hard we try, even with two people, these episodes always end up going long. I know. That's why I'm just going to quickly roll out my honorable mentions about games that I think have held up. I've got three honorable mentions and one, like, big one. Yeah. So why don't we both just we'll enter we'll say our honorable mentions and then Well so I feel like this is this is the kind of thing where like I can go back to those sixteen bit games and be like, you should go play fucking Super Metroid. Yeah. Which is like widely regarded as one of the best games of all time, right? And yeah. like still holds up to this day. Um so like honorable mention, I think yeah, like those sixteen bit big franchise games, I think that's where they're like peaked in two D. So like Super Mario World. Why, why why my brain just shut down? Super Metroid, Link to the Past, like those games are games that like I played back then and loved and can still go back to now and like play again. Well, the ones that I'm thinking of are kind of goofy. Um like one of the one of my honorable mentions is Roller Coaster Tycoon, the original. Oh nice. Okay, yeah. Like that game has held up. Okay. I'm like the same way with um it's it's kind of a similar thing, but like SimCity two thousand. I feel like anything past SimCity 2000, they got too nuts with everything. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm like, that game, I'm like, this is fun. I enjoy this game. Like, I really loved The Sims and Sims 2 before mm-hmm. it got, like, too real. Too real? Yeah, it was really I've fun. I've never played a Sims game. Oh, they're so fun. I just, like, I'm not, I'm not into it, so. <laughs> um, my other two honorable mentions, though, are Kingdom Hearts, the first one. Okay. Paul will agree with you on that yeah. one. We were talking about Kingdom Hearts. Because yeah. they just announced the new one, right? Oh, I can just take it so long, so many years. But um, so Oh, God, many. I got to get you and Paul on an episode together again so you can nerd out about that. We could do a whole episode on Kingdom Hearts. Well, that can be... If you uh, if you ever get stuck a week where Tim and I are both dead or something like that, and you need to do what you want to get an episode out, you can just get in touch with Paul, and you guys can talk about Kingdom Hearts for an hour. Done. Paul, let's make a date. Yeah. Um, no, like doing that, doing that, he listened. Like doing that music... <laughs> oh, he listens to every episode. My little brother loves me. Um, it'd be like doing that musical episode that we keep, or that you guys keep threatening me with. So Paul and or Paul and I are, and Tim and I will do that episode. So help me God. Um, but yeah, just sit so, here and listen to it. Yeah, like the Christmas music. Yep, pretty much. But um, I groaned. Oh, I groaned during that one. You did. You did groan, uh, and you contributed a little bit. Mm-hmm. But no, Kingdom Hearts though, like in particular, 
the animation style was is still good. Mm-hmm. The fighting is still good. The music is still good. And a big, big part of that is because Disney had those characters like on lockdown. They didn't need to experiment. They they played with a couple of characters, but like it was Disney, Final Fantasy, like all Square Enix stuff that they already knew worked. Mm-hmm. So the animations were gorgeous. And then the last honorable mention I have, just honorable mention, is uh, Croc Legend of the Gobos. You brought this one up before. I have. It's one of my favorite games of all time. It's the first game I ever actually owned. Um, I still have my original copy. It is adorable. It tells a fantastically fun little story. Um, there's, it's, it's a, just a fun play. It is okay. so fun. And it's cute. It's fucking cute. Like, I've made the noises before, but the Gobo's like, okay, so Croc has these couple of moves where he's just like, and like does things like that. And he's just like, oh, when he gets hit. And he's adorable. But the Gobo's are these little like brown furry goofballs who are just like, hey, hey. And like, they're so cute. All they are is eyes and fur. Like, just, and the playing, like, the gameplay is actually really fun. There are some, like, glitchy bits, but I think that, you know, that's the PlayStation 1 year. But it just held, it, hold, it held up. It's so good. Okay. Fair so enough. those are my honorable mentions. I'll leave my, my final big one. Um, so I'm, I'm going to see if you can guess what it is, because I've mentioned it a lot. But uh, what are your honorable mentions? Or do you want to say just those 16-bit ones? Well, there's the, 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 I feel like going back to that 16 bit or like those are the three big ones that you go back to, but I feel like there's some that still kind of hold up. Like I was, I was flipping through my, my emulator store the other day and like, uh, I was playing, um, the new adventures of Batman and Robin for the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like based on the animated series. And it's like, uh, just a, it's a kind of a side scrolly beat em up kind of thing. And it's not even like a beat em up, like in that traditional, like final fight, like you can move up and down. It's just like very side scrolly kind of thing. But it's yeah. so beautifully animated in the style of like the like the '90s Batman animated series, and I feel like that game is still. I still play through it every once in a while. I'm like, oh, this is a fun Batman game. It's not like the Arkham games or anything like that. Like it's not that in- intense or whatever. But I think it's very true to the animated series, and it plays really nice. So I think that's something to go back to. I'm trying to think of like I, I feel like I've taken a giant shit on the N64, and I feel like there I should say a game that I would go back to and play. I think Star Fox '64 still holds up. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was fiddling around with that. I bought myself a uh, a USB like N64 like modeled controller so that I could like mainly so I could play No Mercy. Um, okay. But I was playing Star Fox 64 the other day and was like, wow, this actually this one still plays properly because it doesn't require dual sticks to play a flight sim. Like you just need that one stick for pitching yaw and stuff like that. Yeah, so you're not doing crazy stuff. So that one I think still holds up. And I'm trying to think of anything else. My big one is definitely No Mercy, though. Like, I can't think of anything else that, like, I go back to that's, like, like a retro game kind of experience that I have as much fun with as this stupid wrestling game from 2001 (laughs) or whatever. That, like, it's just, like, in the era where I was, like, hardcore into wrestling. So it's all, like, like, Attitude Era WWF guys at the time. So, like, The Rock and Stone Cold and Triple H and, like, all those guys that, like, Everybody knew because it was just like in the ether at that point. And like it's got a simple combat system that when you get into it, it's really complicated. And like you get to play with the animation and stuff like that. And it's just got those characters in it that like 
I love The Rock. Obviously, like we've talked about it a million times. How much I love Dwayne. So like just being able to like play his play his, like The Rock in his in my prime memory of him like as the wrestler like trash talky fucking whatever guy yeah. like it's just it's a lot of fun and this is a lot of memories of like me and my cousin getting just shit faced bombed at his house and playing no mercy into the wee hours of the night after and losing most of our fine motor control because we've been oh yeah like four cases of beer or something ridiculous <laughs> like that so yeah stupid shit you do in your 20s you know what i mean like stay up all night with your friends and play idiot video games till three or four o'clock in the morning and then yeah it was the shit yeah get up and get mcdonald's because you need to soak up some of the beer that you've had in your system and shotgun two bottles of gatorade to get your electrolytes back up and go through your day go to work or whatever so just pray you'll survive oh no you're in your 20s man you're gonna survive you're fine if i did that now i'd be dead for like three days I did it for his birthday. We do it like every year for his birthday. We do like we end up at his place and it usually turns into like we're going to drink a lot of beer and then go out to the garage and play No Mercy for a couple hours. And like the last time we did that, like we both got sick because we just drank so much and we're now way too old for that kind of dumb shit. So fair. So would you say that's your big one? Yeah, I think I think No Mercy is my big one. I think like it looks like garbage, like all the all the graphics are terrible, but it is so much fucking fun to play. That hmm. the why they don't just remake and re-release that now is completely beyond me. Like I would love them to like just use that kind of style of engine and make a wrestling game because I would play the shit out of it. So that's awesome. Yeah. And see, that's one that just it just you just remember it and it's still good and it feels good to go back and play. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get it. I would say though, my big one. Um, do you have uh, do you have any guesses to what it might be? Probably not. It's one you've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Not tonight, but like on excuse me, on, no, not on tonight. The podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, you've talked about the Croc one before. I have. I can't think. My brain's not functioning. It's his uh, the Legend of Dragoon. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You've talked about it like once, I think. So. Yeah, my I think I've talked about it a number of times, but like um, in passing, and it's it's probably in my top three favorite games of all time. Um, I play it probably once every two years or every year, and it is just awesome. It is so good. The story is just rad, and like you really enjoy the characters. Um, it was also on four discs, which was like epic. It was hours and hours of gameplay too. It was one of the first games that was like just colossal, you know. This and is PS1, right? It's PS1. The voice acting in it was terrible, but it was so minimal. And it was it was definitely um, people being directed uh, to sound more... It was like English-speaking pe- individuals being directed to be more um, stereotypically uh, anime style. Mm, okay. But... Yeah, and before that would have been like super popular here, because this is 99, it looks like. Yes. Yeah, so that would have just become been becoming a thing at that point. Yeah. So like they have this one like you say these when you turn into a dragoon, you would say these um lines of uh dialogue that were your fighting uh it was the title of the the move you were about to use. And there was one I'll remember um Dart, the main character would think do things like final burst. Huh! Or like 
you hear him go like flame shot. It's just like ridiculous, but still super great game. Like the animation style is that kind of like what you and I were talking about, where it was just undetailed enough to be perfect. Nice, yeah. And like they had their cutscenes that even now like still are really good. Um, it was just the voice acting in them, but at the time they were unbelievable. But yeah, so that's uh, those are at least the the beginnings of. Um, I feel like this is going to be an ongoing thing we can revisit. And I I would like to hear what Paul and Tim have to say, and all and our listeners as well. I would love to hear what you think. Um, if there's any games that we should still go back and play that you would recommend from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Yeah. Because I feel like once they hit 2010, games really did like hit a higher higher caliber because of the just the technology was there. Yeah, I feel like once you hit that PS3 era, she it's not there's not that big a jump between like Yeah. Like I feel like there was like big jumps back then in technology, whereas I still feel like and this is an argument I've heard made a number of times on a number of different like video game podcasts, where it's like the jump between like NES and Super NES was like a big deal. And then the jump yeah. between NES and like N64 slash PlayStation, like jumping into 3D was a big deal. And then like, like now they're in 3D and it's like PS2 kind of revised and like cleaned up things. But then it was like the PS3, Xbox 360 were like, 3D was like, we've got it down and like we know how, what we're doing and it's perfected and things still look pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's just like refinement more than anything. Like the PS4 and P- the PS4 and the Xbox One aren't doing anything now that the PS3 weren't doing. Like the PS3 yeah. and Xbox 360 weren't doing. So, well, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in for the 55th episode of Dance Robot Dance. I can't believe we're at 55. That's crazy. Yeah, it's been a year and a bit now. So a year and a bit. We haven't missed a week. So no, I'm like that's crazy to me. Yeah, I know. It's uh dedication to the cause. Yeah. And you've been there every time. I have not missed an episode and I've done bonus ones too. Yeah, I'm on uh yeah. I've done a bunch. Cuz we uh we we made a we, we made a point of calling out geeks with kids to get back on the horse cuz they've been they've been they've disappeared on us. So but they have kids. I know, but <laughs> we were we the, the joke Tim and I were telling was that like there's they, they seem to have an army of about ten people that do podcasts for them at random points now. So they should be able to get an episode out at some point. Come on, geeks with kids. You can do this. We're gonna catch up. That's what that's that's Tim and I's thing. It's like we wanna catch up. So Yeah. To their episode count. Yeah, because they haven't posted anything since June twenty first. No, and there's a there's a pretty good gap between that one and the one before it too. So like like it's two or three weeks bef- between those two. So, oh, geeks with kids, because they were posting every day for a while. I'm pretty sure that was Eric. Oh, it'd be like uh, posting online. Yeah, I was talking about actually putting an episode of a podcast out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they haven't they haven't po- posted anything in a while. So yeah, they, they did a Wonder Woman review the same week I think we did, and then that was probably the last one. So yeah. Well, hopefully they'll come back. Yep. After we catch up, though, just so we can say we caught up. How many How many episodes are they at? They're like se- in the 70s. Oh, I we think. are catching up. That's what I mean. Like, that's why Tim and I took notice of that uh, a couple weeks ago. And we're like, ooh, we're getting there. Like, it's coming up. Watch out, world. Yeah, they're they're at seven. They're at 74 and we're at 55. So we've got some fucking space to make up. But yeah. We're consistently on a weekly schedule here, so we can we can do it. 
Yeah, it's true. Um, I'm. I feel bad because, like, I think I've missed four overall. Yeah, you've missed more than four. Maybe five or six, Probably. but not more than that. I'd have to go and look for sure. But you, you go missing more often than anybody else does. Absolutely, yes. Because I, with all the performances, you and have stuff. you have a you have a life, unlike me, in particular. <laughs> every uh, it's debatable. Well, anyway. Um, oh wow! I didn't realize Uncharted came out August twenty second. That's so exciting. Yeah, it's coming. It's it's soon. Hmm. But um, yeah. So uh, thank you for listening. Um, we'll give you our usual spiel with the um social media, so you can find us all over social media. We are on Facebook at uh, facebook.com backslash dance robot dance podcast. You can find us on Twitter at drd underscore podcast. Um, you can send us an email at Gmail. Um, our Gmail account is dancerobotdancepodcast at gmail.com. And um, you can also listen to us on your app uh, that you use for any sort of um, podcast listening. Like uh, we are on Shout Engine, Podcast Addict, iTunes, Google Play Store. You can find us all over the place. So take a listen. Give us your thoughts. We'd love to hear what games you think um, were really great as a kid and, you know, maybe aren't so great now. And the ones that still are kick-ass and um, that you would recommend and maybe we'll play them. So let us know. But uh, until next week, we'll be signing off. This is Mark. Have a good one, guys. And Christy. And hopefully we'll be joined by either Paul or Tim next week. Hopefully, maybe even both. Who knows? It's been a long time since we've done a four-person show. It has been a while. We could do a four-person one next week. If you're available on the weekends, we can do a four-person one. Because that's when Paul's, like, we can yeah. coordinate with Paul living on the other side of the world. So. All right. Well. That sounds awesome, but until then, we'll see what happens. All right, well, have a great week, listeners, and thanks for always uh, tuning in. We'll talk to you later. Peace.